Hello and welcome to the first episode of Jess on the Mountain. I'm very glad that you're here. This is the first episode of this new podcast. Uh, incidentally, I finished my last podcast exactly a year ago. So Ready, Get Centered, Go is one that I had for a couple years and it ended in February of 21. So here we are two years later, kind of a different world, lots going on, and I felt called to come back to doing a podcast, although a little bit of a different format. So I do want to give you some ideas and tools to be useful, but a lot of this is going to be a conversation, a conversation about what it is to gain self-awareness as you move up a mountain called life, back down and around it, encountering guides, and hopefully growing mind, body, and spirit. So in these last couple of years, I had the opportunity, kind of the forced opportunity, to take all my teaching online. And I know this was a hard transition for so many people, and I always want to honor that. But for me uh, and my students, it was really a time of growth and blossoming. So I created a course called Chakra Savvy Reset Your Life Game Plan, and we got to take two different cohorts through this. So about 40 people have been through this program, and what it was doing was really taking all the chakra knowledge that I have, downloading it into this five-month program, and then seeing, does it hold up? Does thinking about the chakras and studying ourselves through these vortexes of energy in our body really create transformation? And I have to say, yes, beyond expectations. Uh, we all kind of just looked at ourselves from all these different lenses, applied practices, and we were all amazed at the healing and growth that we experienced. And we keep going. We're, you know, we keep coming back and doing more and more things. The journey of Chakra Savvy was an opportunity to find out if it is useful, practical, and effective to look at ourselves through this lens. Because I've been a spiritual girl by heart, but I've always also been deeply embodied. If I can't feel it in my bones, I can't trust it. And having go through, gone through this process, I can trust it. So since we're in our first episode, I want to give you a little bit of background about me. I am a third generation teacher. My mom taught PE. Her mom taught English and nutrition. So there's always been this embodiment component to what we teach. My whole family was jocks. My dad was a semi-pro football player and my grandfather on my mom's side was a an all-american basketball player so i was born into this family of jocks and so the first few years of my youth i swam and it went great i loved it i still love swimming but in around fifth grade i discovered dance and this was a little more my style swimming the back and forth eventually got a little repetitive but dancing was something new and different every day it came naturally to me and I loved everything about it, even the like the challenge of it, the discipline, all those things that you might think are boring because you're repeating things again and again and again. I loved it. As, you know, the performance, the rehearsal, feeling the music in my body and making it come alive on stage. I even loved, you know, the pain and the, the fatigue that comes with when you're working with your body all the time. So over time, I loved the creativity and I got into choreography. There was nothing. I love this. There was there was nothing. And then something came for me. And then all of a sudden it existed. And then it was gone. Right? Dance is so ethereal. It just happens once. It's gone. And you'll never see it again. You're just changing feelings into movement or intentions into performance. It's an opportunity to put your story into art. 
So as a dancer, you get to communicate your story or other people's stories and visions. You turn music into a visual form. You create patterns as you see every limb of the dancer and cover every stage of the, every inch of the stage. So, and the feeling of connecting with the audience, of giving them a collective experience. Every time a show run was over, I cried. It was just, it was very sweet, very bittersweet when we would work so hard, have a show, and then it would be over. Now, during this whole time, what I didn't realize or had no awareness of is that I was building something from the ground up. I was experiencing through dance and choreography what I would later learn to be the blueprint of life, the architecture of the soul. And I'm, I'm going to come back to this later, um, but just to continue on, eventually, uh, dance led me to yoga. And yoga became my new embodiment practice. It became my new way to embody spirit, but it also came with amazing teachings about mind, suffering, working with energy, healing, and why we do what we do. It came with awareness and practices for self-awareness. I began to wake up to the story of my life as I was writing it. I can think of it now, being in New York City, looking back over the course of my life, what got me to that point, and then from there, having just more and more awareness about what I was writing uh, as the story of my life, I would reread it, not just journaling, but literally looking at it. Yoga does this. It helps us see life as a journey, not as a destination, which is very contrary to the way I had always been. Even in, in 2001, I applied to the master's program in dance and choreography at a college in upstate New York. And both the, both the school and I knew kind of immediately it was not a good fit. So at that time, I didn't understand the value in the journey. So when they said, well, you know, there may or may not be a performance at the end of the year. Your choreographer, choreography may or may not be shown at some point. I was like, what is the point then? If there's no show, there's no ticket sales, there's no applause, and then it's over. What... <laughs> What's the point? And they they said, well, you know, you experiment a lot and you do a lot of improvisation and you just really dig into the process of choreography. And at that point, I was not mature enough at, to tackle that. I just was like, uh, no, thank you. I just so instead I ended up I went home or I went back to the city. I created uh, an evening of my work. Uh, it was my grand finale to New York City. So I presented a show. I did a thing that was done. Do I, did I enjoy the process? Yes, because I loved every minute. But it, for me, it wasn't about the process. It was about that show. But now I've been teaching yoga for like nearly 20 years. And somewhere along the way, I have changed. If I were to go back to that school today, I would have a much different response. Like, I, I get it now. I see the value in improvising and changing gears and getting close and then failing and trying again, all without knowing the end result or having anything to officially show for it. So this is life, I've realized now. One stop at a time with no guarantee of a finished product. Uh, I mean, other than death, I suppose. But really, we don't get a guarantee of a finished product. There is just this step, one little piece. So how are we supposed to be content with that? How do we change from product-oriented to process-oriented? And what will happen when we do? I mean, those of us who love a good product, do we now need to be concerned, well, maybe I'll never produce anything? That hasn't been the case for me. 
but maybe it would be okay if it were. All I can tell you is I think once we can be content with each step as it comes without attachment to its results, I think it's awesome. We get to see life as energy, really as fluid, as expansion and contraction, as meaningful, purposeful, as delightful, as a book we're writing and rewriting every day, and as a mountain. I used to look at a mountain as something to climb, to conquer, to get to the top of and finally see the view. And now I know there's a view to be seen every step of the way. I know we likely get more than one top of the mountain experience, and often those top of the mountain experiences are not the result of achieving goals or even trying really hard. Mountain experiences come from tuning in, listening, and following an inner wisdom, an inner guru. However, as much as I've been connected to my intuition for most of my life, trusting it has been a process. I've had so many teachers and guides along the way, and all the best ones just pointed me back to myself. My first guide was my dad, and you'll hear me refer to him a lot. Before he died, when I was 27, he would take a long-winded query of mine, like when I'm sitting there, like, ah, I've got all this stuff on my mind, dad, here's this, this, and this. Then he would just distill it down to its essence. He'd, he'd use the phrase, so what I'm hearing you say is... And then he'd nail it every time. He was he was my mirror. And, and with his death came the loss of my mirror. I had to find a new way to truly see myself with the same awareness and honesty that my dad had offered me. So naturally, I spent many years in search of a new mirror. I found plenty of people to offer advice, yes, but what they suggested didn't always resonate with me. I started to realize that no one outside myself had the answers I was seeking. There, there just is no guru on the top of the mountain. There's just a mountain. The guides I've found to be helpful are a small handful of people placed in my life at just the right time. They simply walk with me to the next piece of my journey. They're like Sherpas on the mountain. They can help carry the load, navigate the rough patches, and keep me from getting totally lost but they don't decide our direction or destination. That's on us. We have the roadmap. You have the roadmap to living your best, most balanced, most harmonious life. What I learned teaching yoga and guiding chakra savvy students for the last few years is that the chakras can, can be this roadmap. By learning about your blocks and habits and patterns, your like gifts, the stuff you're good at, the stuff that you're not so good at, your challenges, and all the issues in your tissues, you will uncover your truth. You'll trust your inner wisdom and always know your next step. I used to think that the chakras were a mysterious language learned by woo-woo yogis and new age weirdos, <laughs> but it turns out they are practical and useful and effective and quite helpful for overall self-awareness and mind-body connection. You don't need to understand what I've said so far or even believe anything new. Just simply be open here. Listen, observe, and experience. So kind of going back now to what was going on for me during those years of dance and choreography. And I say this because you have a story that likely has some of these pieces in it. 
And then when we work through the chakras and we work through our life, looking at it as more of a mountain without a destination, just as a step along the way, you'll see that a blueprint emerge as well. That's what I'm hoping. So back to this blueprint and this mountain, the foundation. So if you can picture a giant mountain, the foundation of the mountain for me at that time uh, was my body, right? My body, my ability to be in my body and keep it healthy. Then up one level, so if you're walking up a mountain, things start to get a little bit narrower. Once the my body and its health was in place, it could be a place of creativity and movement and emotions. And that creativity led to the next step up, which is the transformation of steps into whole dances and dances into higher into entire performances. Remember, there was nothing, and then boom, well, and in months of rehearsal, boom, in months of rehearsal, there was something. Something was out in the world. And then going up a little bit more, that something came from my heart or the heart of the choreographer. And it was expression of love for the art form and its audience. Going up another step, it communicated ideas that came down and desires that rose up. And again, dance is a visual pattern. It's a visual art of light and dark, movement and stillness, music and silence. All those patterns and perceptions. And then rising up at the highest point, it's a desire to connect with all those themes and ideas that are bigger than us. Archetypes, the human condition, the spirit of life, all pour from the stage into the seats and back in a co-participation of an experience that can never be repeated in exactly the same way again. So this story follows a blueprint. We all have this blueprint, but they each create a unique life experience. So I'll ask you this. Do you have a body? Do you create? Do you make things happen through the strength of your will? Do you love? Do you have something to say, something to communicate? Do you see the patterns in your life? or have habits, or do you have a vision for your future? Do you sense a connection to something bigger than yourself, or do you crave it? Working with the chakras helps you see all these parts of your life as part of a whole. You get to see where there's something blocking your progress and where you're leaping without looking. This is the journey we'll take together, learning to tune in, listen, and follow our blueprint our own wise self embedded in our DNA. We get to be in wonder of the journey, even when we trip and fall or come up against a boulder. Each step is one of curiosity, leading to the next at just the right moment. So let's get started, shall we? I do hope you continue to join me. You can contact me anytime with questions, requests, anything you like at my website, which is jessgoulding.com. Once you're there, and I hope you go there because I've put a bunch of resources to come alongside you on this journey. You can listen to a podcast bundle about the chakras, some more background information, and you can download a PDF describing each one, kind of a little cheat sheet. You can click on Chakra Savvy and take a chakra check-in self-assessment. Just see where you are right now. This will be a journey of self-awareness, self-love, self-acceptance, bringing our life into the world with harmony and balance. Believe me, or believe my students, this is going to be fun. 
So if you agree, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review when you think it's great. It's my dream to get as many people in the self-awareness game as possible. I believe the world will be a better place because of it. I look forward to taking this journey together. Much love.